All right, y'all. What's up? This is Alami Bashir, aka my Milani. And you are listening to Be Great Every Day, where we engage in real talk, true stories about everyday problems. And um, as many of you know, my father, uh, God rest his soul, he um, succumbed to muscular, excuse me, multiple sclerosis. I always say muscular, multiple sclerosis in 2016. And um, having spent the last six months with him on hospice and the last several years before that, watching him struggle with his illness and his challenges, um, I just, I learned so much about that particular condition. And many of you also know, I have a line, a t-shirt line called Be Great Every Day. And Be Great Every Day is and has been a slogan that I have championed for a long time. Just having the mindset to wake up in spite of whatever challenges may be or may come and declare that you're going to have a good goddamn day. So I was on social media one day looking at my hashtag, be great every day. And um, I ran across a photo. Actually, no, I believe it was a video of this young man who had used that hashtag. And as I explored more into his profile and into his life, if you would, via social media, uh, I discovered that he too was living with multiple sclerosis. And I was like, wow, what a small, not world, because we don't know each other, but what are the odds that I would be directly connected to someone who's experiencing what I just saw one family member going through and struggling with. And so as I continue to explore this profile and over the next several weeks, get to know this person, uh, I just, I sent him some merch. Cause again, he, he was already championing the cause. He was living with a debilitate, debilitating condition. I won't dare say disease, but living with a condition that most of us I don't know that most of us have the mental wherewithal to be able to really withstand. And not just withstand because by default you wake up the next day, but to withstand it with such pride and dignity and courage and such enthusiasm and vigor for life, even in spite of the circumstances. So over the last several months and years that I've been connected with him, I have been truly inspired to live my own life even greater than what I have been before. It's like when you wake up in the morning and you have, you know, fully functioning limbs and control over your speech and you have all the things that you take for granted on a given day and you see someone else that's struggling to maintain those things, it gives you a broader and deeper perspective. Give, give me a deeper sense of gratitude. So I'm happy to share with you that in today's conversation, as we talk about, and I hate to call it a problem, but that's the name of the show is Be Great Every Day, is today we're gonna to explore what it's like to live with a chronic illness or condition and still find a way to have a great day no matter what. Today, I wanna to talk about 
the mental impact of having a dis-ease, dis, D-I-S hyphen, E-A-S-E, dis-ease. And so today I'm joining, who's joining me today is, he, I want to call you Arthur. I know he wants to go by AP or Art. You can call Papillon. me whatever you want to call me as. Like. Art, Art Papillon is joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you very much. And Art is the man. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, I promise you, Art is the man. What's um, going on here? <laughs> no, listen, you better go on and get these flowers, boy. <laughs> Real talk. There's a reason why I asked you to come on the show today. I'm, a, I'm in no shortage of guests, okay? And no shortage of topics. But as this show is called, be great every day. I think it's important to tell stories about folks who are living that journey. You know, not just waking up every day by default. I have to say that again. Not just waking up every day by default, but literally making a conscious choice every day to live at the level of your best, whatever that is on that day. That's what this show is about, Art. I don't know if you've been listening, but that's 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 where I'm at with it. I was just wondering who you were introducing because I really didn't. Um, <laughs> I'm humbled, thankful um, for the invitation. I'm humbled and, and thankful to even uh, know you um, um, to see what you've gone through and and know your story and everything. Um, so I. I one hundred percent. I'm not good with 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 this at all. Especially <laughs> on the other side, I don't even know how to. I, I'm I'm just doing what I know how to do, which is keep fighting, keep grinding, um, and not giving up. So um, yeah, yeah. So I, in thinking about today's show. What I really want to focus on today and what I want and hope people take away from this is not just your story of living with a, a chronic health condition, but specifically, so let me give more background. I, I shared this with you, but let me share with the audience. Um, what I've noticed as, as someone who's had multiple family members with various ailments, um, as I mentioned, my father with multiple sclerosis. Um, I had a brother who passed away. Actually, my brother and my uncle passed away from cancer this year. Um, a few years back, um, someone that I really love died of a heart attack and had lived with heart disease. So as someone who has seen from the outside um, folks, get diagnosed with different ailments and then have to go into this intensive treatment plan to treat their body. I have noticed the impact of their condition on their psyche, okay? And what I've also noticed is that, you know, from my father to my brother to my uncle, like what I've noticed is that they were all universally committed to treating their body and the illness. They were warriors to fight the fight, right? 
going to get the treatments, going to get the second opinions, trying all the alternative things. Like they were committed to healing their body. But what I saw over the course of their disease, their disease, is that it really weighed heavy on their minds. You know, living in chronic pain, not having the ability to function in the ways in which you are used to or that's been your norm. Um, now having to take all of these different treatments and engage your body in all of these different situations that are supposed to heal it, but at the same time, causing lots of challenge. I've seen the mental impact of dis-ease on folks' psyche. And so what I really want to talk about today is not just, you know, what you're doing to care for your body. And we can talk about that as well. I really want to talk about how are you caring for your mind? Okay. Right. Yeah. And I'll tell you guys, I'm going to stop talking, but before we got on this call, he said, I've never done so much homework in my life for an interview. <laughs> yeah, I want to call you out. And I'm like, what are you doing homework for? This is your story. This is, this is just sharing your journey. But what I received from that, Arthur, is that so much of what you do, you just do it. It's not premeditated. It's not learned. It, or maybe it is, it's cultivated. Something has cultivated in you. But it really speaks to your inner value system, your inner framework that you operate from. So I hope that your homework, quote unquote, was not outside of yourself and into some textbook or computer, but really honing in internally on what you do to support yourself mentally. Okay. Definitely. So I'm going to stop talking. Your turn. So maybe you can speak to that. Um, let, let, maybe it's fair to start with, won't you tell people what your condition is and how it's impacted your life physically, and then maybe you can then transition to mentally. Um, I went from having uh, being diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2007, a month after getting married, a month after starting a new career, uh, to now in 2020, um, that is now multiple strengths. I've been able to re-engineer what I went through um, from the really quote unquote bad situation to still going through everything, surviving it, ups and downs, medications, family, friends, like everything. But throughout it all, um, one of the main things that happens is, and everyone needs to understand, no matter whether it's MS or fibromyalgia, cancer, whatever it is, your mind will play tricks on you. Straight up, like I remember, like it was yesterday. Um, this hearing, you know, and I've said this to you before. You have MS, and I just remembered the Peanuts, that Snoopy cartoon when the adults would talk, the wah wah wah. That's <laughs> all I heard after that. Um, MS and wah 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 wah. And he said, "Well, to help you out, we're going to give you this um, drug, and it was Percocet." And mm at the time to Zinedine or Baclofen, which was a mu muscle relaxer. I haven't taken, I hadn't taken any drugs at all. You know, my wife at the time was extremely an investigator. So of course she did all her stuff and 
one thing I could tell you is uh, you could read um, symptoms that someone may have about a, a disease or something, for example, like I did with MS. And whether you believe it or not or understand it or not, all those symptoms that you read, somehow in your mind, some of them you will start believing. And then you will start <laughs> mimicking. Um, because sometimes it's easier to mimic something than to deal with something. Um, it's <laughs> much like um, I'm going to go have this cigarette or this drink or something else because it's getting my mind off of this. Our mind can do the same thing. Um, so the first thing for me, um, way of getting out of it was understanding that everything that I was thinking was actually it. You know, um, and if you can think it, uh, you can make it come true. And if right. you obsess on it so much every day, like I would wake up every day and I'm okay, well, I can't move my hands, I can't move my legs, I can't move, then I can't do this and that. Then I started looking at other symptoms and then other things start happening. And that was strictly um, my mind, my mind. So yeah. um, I, I, I had to stop obsessing over things like whether um, if I have anxiety, depression, anxiousness, um, and just started becoming um, more of who I am now um because we always have this thought of oh man I, like now with this pandemic everyone's like i can't wait to get back to normal <laughs> there, there, there's no more normal right I, I said this to my students i remember after 9 11 um going through the airport and everything and people were like oh man i can't wait till this tsa stuff gets uh, over with and, no no this is going to stay just like many people were laughing at People that were in Asia wearing masks and stuff about a year ago. Right. How about that? Um, How about that? Right. You know, so <laughs> there, there are a lot of things that, you know, I said I would never do. And lo and behold, every single thing that I said I would never do, God found a way to have me do it and go through it, whether I was mm. smiling or not. Um, and, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what I heard you just say, if I can just kind of try to summarize that is you were really careful about what you thought about and what you allowed yourself to believe to be true. Almost like our, our thoughts manifest our, into our reality. It, it, at the beginning, not so much. More so now, you can't tell me anything. Like, Oh, you're a doctor. You're you're a neurologist. You've been studying MS for how long? Oh, thirty years. Great. Uh, okay. So tell me why I'm able to do this, and you have no idea that I'm not taking the medication that you think I'm taking. But <laughs> into your office, and you have no idea what's going on. Like, like we have to understand that we are our own doctor, right? And yeah. that these individuals that have these titles, whether it's a doctor or a lawyer, a doctor has something called a practice. A lawyer has something called what? A practice. A practice. So basically what you're going through with them is a practice. If you have a physical therapist, they have a practice. All these people have practices, right? Right. So I'm going to practice on myself. Basically, that's it. <laughs> That's the process that I had. Like, I'm not gonna let you 
tell me what you have no idea. Like, you don't know me. I remember saying this to, to one neurologist. You know, he told me, I remember my ex-wife asked, so what is his, um, what is his life expectancy? She asked the doctor that. And I looked at her like she was crazy. But the doctor goes and gives some answer. Oh, well, um, sad to say, you're going to have to, in a year, you're going to have to be bathing him, probably wiping him. He's not going to be able to drive. He's not going to be able to cook. Uh, he's not going to be able to do it. He's probably not going to be able to have sex. You know, like all these things. This, this, Hold this. on. This was in 2007. They gave you a year for all of that? No, this was in 2008. He said this in 2008. Yeah, 2008 said this. And I'm just looking at him. And I'm not gonna lie. I mean, when he first started saying, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking at him like kids look at parents, like, oh God, man, please. That's the. I remember that same appointment was when he said, oh well, I'm gonna add something else that you could take. It's this thing that's gonna help with nerve pain, gabapentin, and this other thing that's gonna help with uh, when the gabapentin isn't working. Um, this other thing called Cymbalta. So you got Cymbalta. I said, but I have some pain usually. Oh well. Gonna give you this other thing. It's called oxycotton. So I was on Percocet, oxycotton, muscle relaxer, and Cymbalta, which she said it was for nerve pain. But somehow I see that between him and my ex-wife talking, it was for depression. But nobody told me what I was take. Like, oh yeah, it's for pain. Yeah. So. Did you feel depressed at the time? Not at all. Not at all. Not one bit. Not one so bit. So in 2008, you were, you were coping mentally. I, I, I was, I won't say I was coping. I think I pushed everything uh, to the side and I started teaching. So I went from the entertainment industry to teaching math, algebra. Uh, so I dove into teaching. Um, gotcha. I, I I was that person that, like, I had a sound system in my class. <laughs> and then a Promethean board, a touch board. There were only two in the whole school. So you walk into my class, it's music. From once you open the door, once you leave my class, it was different type of music and, and thing because I understood what music can actually do to the students. So I yeah. mean, actually involved and I would, I mean, I didn't have a full load, but I would end up sitting there till like seven o'clock sometimes every day, newly married, sitting there. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a, it, it was a deflection so that I really wouldn't have to deal with the understanding and acceptance of the disease. Because sure. what was happening before, um, before I got married that I really didn't understand. I was extremely fatigued when I was traveling from state or country to country, as I, I, I never used to take, at that time it was like 40 minutes, you need to be there for international flight before. Now I'm there 15 minutes before, I know most of the people, I know I could run to the gate. If I don't have any bags, I know I could go straight through, all that stuff. Right. Man, God just said slap everything, everything that I used to do and how I was uh, accustomed to everything changed yeah and 
A lot of it had to do with stress. A lot of it had to do with stress. So when you first got your diagnosis, um, there was a little bit of denial there and avoidance. Uh, I'll say denial, but avoidance is denial, right? Yeah. Um, at what point did you make the mental shift? And you, you didn't, you don't declare that you were depressed. Your partner at the time obviously saw something that was concerning, real yeah. or imagined or valid. Listen, uh, um, the average person doesn't understand. Like, if you're used to going to the mall, for example, and walking around and stuff like that, right? And you're already tired from it. So when you get a diagnosis of, oh, well, it's MS that you have, for me it was, oh, okay, so this is what's been going on. So at least I know why I've been feeling this way. And, and sure. so oh, so I just need to fix it. But then when I saw I couldn't just fix it, it was like, oh, um, you know, and, and trying to adjust. Man, I just thought about something else. So um, I'm going to ask what the main question was again. Well, I, no, it's fine. I'm just um, trying to understand where you made the switch in your mind between. Um, between. Between, it sounds like you said, as you declare yourself, you'd said as the person I am now, you know, the person that has what I perceive to be a more mental resilience. So maybe you can describe what was your mindset, aside from just trying to stay distracted and do things and support your kids at school and those kinds of things, like, what the hell is going through your mind once you do it? Like, yeah, it's like, okay, I understand what I have. So that helps me to make more sense of what I'm experiencing. But like, they told you, you had about a year to still be taking care of yourself. And then after that, you're going to be dependent. Like what's going through your mind at that point? At When he's telling me that, I'm like, uh, I can't let her live like this. Mm. Hmm. To be very honest, that was my, 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 my thought, like, um, I love this woman. I know what she wants. Um, I know what she's been talking about for a long time, and and um, having it and take care of me and and all this stuff. Um, that's not that's not gonna be, you know. So I started doing that and 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 really started doing the. Well, why am I going through this? Uh, well, it's really nothing. But one thing that's crazy is um, I was in entertainment, um, promotions, marketing, management, all the stuff in the entertainment. But we had this one account uh, months before I got married. My cousin calls me up and he says, hey, um, you're in Fort Myers playing golf. Um, there's this account that I need you to take care of. So I'm like, cool, no problem. What is it? Oh, we need to get your, these people, these pamphlets, put them in some offices and some businesses. I'm like, okay, cool. Lo and behold, it was the last event that I actually promoted or did. It was an MS event. It was an MS walk and bike event. This was in 2006. Wow. Um, and then a year later I get diagnosed. So it's, wow. kind of, it's kind of 
crazy thing. So before your before you were your diagnosis, you were working as you said you were working in entertainment. You were a DJ. No, no, I was in management, um, A and R, artist repertoire. You sign artists um, and promotions and marketing. Um, okay. Yeah. And so then you had to switch gears after that. Okay. Um, so actually, as I'm, why I switched I'm sorry. Gears. that's not why I switched gears. I switched gears because of my ex-wife being tired of me um, traveling every other day. Um, of course, living the quote-unquote supposed entertainment lifestyle, executive lifestyle. Um, so um, I thought, hey, I've been working in this industry for 20 something years. I love my life. Guess what? I'm going to give all away to get married. Um, and that's what I did. Wow. I just cold turkey, just let everybody know, hey, um, y'all can keep and hold everything and I'm going to get married. And that's how people found out. And then, yeah. <laughs> So you're, you're saying we're, we may have to do this in two parts this show because I have so many questions because um, I really want to explore your inner experience, but you, what you're bringing up is another layer to the whole, to even your inner experience. As you say, the first thing you thought was you don't want her to live like this, you know? So it wasn't even about what's happening to you. Your yeah. first thought was about how it's going to impact her. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. a whole show yeah. in and of itself. Because I, I, I would imagine that folks who get a diagnosis of whatever sort have that as a common theme. You know, even when I think about my boyfriend who passed away suddenly, um, he had a heart attack, but come to find out he had chronic heart disease, but nobody knew. He didn't tell any of his family. He didn't tell me, but he had an appointment with a cardiac surgeon, which tells us all that he was due for surgery. You see? So just that whole mindset of not wanting other people to worry about you or fuss over you or think about what you're going through. It's like in a, in a probably self preservation in a way of self-preservation it keeps you from having to really take on the magnitude of what it means for you yeah you think yeah yeah definitely. yeah I, I, yeah I, like someone could sit there and say yeah yeah it's all i care so much for the no it's it's a cop-out also um, yeah um not having to deal with go through and 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 you know uh, Nah, nah, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's, it's uh, this is the first time I've even ever said this. I don't know what's going on here. Um, but yeah, this is, yeah. Uh, I'm just wondering how in the world you got me to talk about this because. Well, listen, if we, go, if we go places you don't want to go, just oh, we'll have I, a safe word, silver. I, I have Say no silver. <laughs> I'm, I'm, one thing that I'm not gonna do is um, not share something that I know someone else is going through or has gone through 
and didn't know how to navigate or didn't yeah. know how um, because they may be able to help me while I'm still going through what I'm going through. Um, but I know that everything that I've gone through, because I'll sit and think about like why I go through all this, like I understand now it was all for a purpose. See, yeah. like even going through all of what we're talking about and, you know, my sister ended up being my, 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 um, my caregiver after my divorce. Like I, I got divorced while I was laid up in the hospital bed. Like, hey, yeah, divorce papers wow. came to the house. Um, <laughs> yeah, so well. sister is, is, is the person that nursed me out of, you know, everything of the 27 months in the hospital, going and getting stem cells and back and forth from country to country. Like then my sister wow. gets diagnosed with MS. Um, and the person that ended up praying for me when she was a little kid um, ended up having to take care of me. And I feel somehow, some way, my sister used to sit there and, and say to God, please take that off of him and give it to mm -hmm. me because there's wow. no predatory situation. MS isn't in my family. Like, so yeah, wow. the reason of all of what I've done is to help um, others going through. And, and I'm, I'm just the same way when you started talking, like, I think I'm at over 40 something patients that were, we were all in the same situation. Um, and this is how I met a lot of MS patients on Instagram. Um, so 40 of us that, well, there was more than 40 of us, but there are 40 that are starting to like get up and get out and do what they said they, everyone said they couldn't do. Like, so right. that, I get more out of that than, than, than anything else. Like it, it may sound crazy, but the greatest thing that happened to me was MS. Um, because I was that doesn't to... sound crazy to me. I know how God works. It's, it's just that wacky. <laughs> yeah, Going through just crazy Find myself, um, my real self, and and be able to you know talk about it and, and, and deal with it. You know, and mess wasn't what brought anxiety onto my life. You know, mm. I've always been a leader. I've always. Um, been a speaker and all that stuff, but a little thing that people didn't know was every time I spoke, like I spoke for my college's commencements as student government president. Every time I spoke, once I got off that stage, got out, boom, I'm out because I didn't want people around me, the anxiety feeling with people like I, right. I, no one ever knew that, like for, for years. So I, I waited till MS came up. Now like, oh man, this anxiety feeling I'm going through. Oh man, this depression stuff. Not. No, because um, I was able to mask it. Yeah. Um, and 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 usually, when it comes to mental health, especially in our community, a lot of people may not talk about it. You know, but I was in the hospital my first time. In the hospital was three months. I was in there for three and a half months, and um, with MS, once you get, once they admit you. First thing they do is they give you pain meds. Usually it's um, morphine, mm. okay? 
And then they give you a muscle relaxer. Then they call in a neurologist. Then they call in a psychologist. Just like that. So they do, okay, great segue. Because that's the first time that I've heard of any mental health being proposed to any of the people that I've described earlier, my family members. That's the first time that I've heard of any mental health professional being incorporated into the treatment program. Now, my brother, I know my brother was directed because he suffered from depression. He was functional. He still was out and about. He was a social guy. He was still out doing things. But in his private time, we all know he struggled. And at the end, he started to talk about it a little bit more and a little bit more. And he spoke about it to somebody who obviously directed him to some support groups and he started going. And as black men, that's a whole other show, right? We're talking mental health and then we start talking mental health and black men. That's a whole other realm of stuff, right? Because I won't say y'all, but historically speaking and culturally speaking, black men are the least likely to seek out mental health assistance and are probably the most in demand, right? I mean, health conditions aside, right? We can talk socially and go and all of that if we want to. But um, I'm really happy to hear that that was at least offered to you. Tell me what that experience was like. What did they actually come to do? What did they offer you? Um, Well, I believe it had to do with, you know, every time you're admitted, there's a board in front of you where they put your name and the thing that you want to do. And so so on my board, it said, well, what do you want to, what are you hoping to accomplish before you leave here? I said, I'm doing great. I only have good days and great days. I want to walk out of here. Well, I will walk out of here no matter what. Come to find out, that was one of the reasons why the psychologist um, came, because they thought that I was just um, lying. And, they thought and, you were crazy for thinking that yeah, you were going to walk out of there? Yeah, they thought of all that, like, oh, and then you add my ex-wife then saying, oh, well, I feel he's depressed. Um, so you add that all together, and then they come speak to me, and then they're like, oh, oh, talk to me a little bit more. And, you know, so the same doctor, well, I'll tell you, he comes in, and he, he's asking me questions. Um, and the more he asks questions, the more he's like, okay, well, um, I'm not really understanding why I'm sitting here speaking to you. I think <laughs> you had some problems. I'm like, um, I thought you were speaking to me because this is something that usually goes on. Um, so the next time he comes in, it's like I'm speaking to my homeboy. Yeah. Um, to start talking all types of stuff and. And then when when a, a, a neurologist or a nurse comes in, I see him like uh, straighten up and stuff like that. So I was like, "What? What? 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 what, I'm what not, are we doing?" It was really, yeah. But but there was an outlet that I needed, so I understand he knew what he was doing because yeah. oh, this was the other thing. I would leave the room. I would leave my room every morning. Okay, and. I have no feeling. So you could slap me, punch me, like stab me. I'm not really going to feel it until it like gets down close to a bone or something like that. Nice. So go outside because I want to get, want to see, and I used to say, 
Man, I want to see if this girl's going to bite me. Right? Yeah. So when I would say that in the morning, I said, I'm going out the pond to see if, if, if she'll bite me today. Right? And apparently me saying this had them thinking, yeah, I'm going crazy or something. Little did they know I was going out every morning to see if I could get feeling back in my body. Wow. So I go out to the pond where there were a lot of mosquitoes. And those that know about mosquitoes know that the only mosquitoes that bite you are the what? Female mosquitoes. Ah. So I would say in the morning, man, oh man, it's always the females that are hurting me. So let me go try to. So as I think of all this stuff, you know, I used to, oh man, well, that's the reason why. Um, and, 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 you know, I had to find different things to do so my mind really would not completely take me out. Yeah. My mind could take me out. I'm in a hospital bed. Um, all my people, like, nobody believed I was in the hospital. Um, but I also didn't tell my family for like two and a half months until I was wow. in the yeah, the only people that I knew were my ex-wife's mother and father and two other people because they were from FIU and then they were working at the hospital. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 was, I was that person. Wow. I was that person. So we're winding down on time, so I want to make sure that I'm able to incorporate some strategies into this thing for folks who are living with some kind of chronic illness or disease or maybe just pain, right? So it's like, how do you cope with the mental impact of your physical condition? And I wrote down some, some stuff and I'll just go through it. And then if you have things that you wanna to add to it, I want you to just jump in, okay? But really what we're talking about is mindset. How do you keep a healthy mindset? And from what I can see from those around me and even as I hear you tell your story, it's about being positive, right? Like staying positive, staying committed to being optimistic, you know, staying encouraged. And there are so many ways to nurture that. As I work with clients who are dealing with different issues, and again, positivity is universal. It doesn't matter what you're going through, whether it's a health condition or just general dissatisfaction with your life, or you're struggling with some other aspect of, of, of your wellness or well being being positive is always going to be the first gateway it's going to be the, the that's going to be the gateway to go through so how does one nurture positivity reading i don't know if you did any reading but i always i'm sorry go ahead no i i i couldn't read mm. can't read well i mean i i mean so when ms hit um, for me to, to follow the lines and everything became a problem. I would start getting a headache and mm -hmm. then forget about it. So, um, that's what you yeah. Mean. So reading wasn't something that you incorporated into your kind of self-care repertoire. No, it, it was more listening to music, um, and seeing and hearing things. Um, yeah. Cause my, my eyesight was, was was also um, failing me, which I didn't know that that was the problem also that was affecting um, when I was looking at the words because I thought I was dyslexic or something. I didn't like, um, but yeah. Um. Interesting. 
So I, that totally makes sense. And I like how you said, instead of reading, you would listen to things. So some folks might choose to read spiritual texts, religious texts, self-help books, those kinds of things. Um, but listening, you listening to music to help you keep a healthy mindset. And I know, I know that's kind of a universal thread for many people that I know. That was one of the things that we did for my father when he was in the hospital. We took a Bluetooth speaker up there so that he could listen to music. And um, that made a world of a difference for him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because it has a vibration and it may not be physically, literally healing the body, but it absolutely uplifts the spirit, which gives the body another fighting chance, right? Yeah. Um, but other things to listen to might include some kind of podcast like this one, Be Great Every Day, or um, listening to inspirational speakers on YouTube, you know, or on some website. I know a lot of people are listening to church services online now. So yeah. something, something conscious, something encouraging to listen to. Um, I, I, yeah. I was fortunate that... Um, I'm assuming that I've met this kid, so I, I've been. I was fortunate enough to 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 meet a lot of nice, great people, and and at 16 years old, um, I have my what I call big brothers, mentors. Um, they visited my school because they were part of a group called Bell Tower Ministries from Oakwood College, um, and it was Irvin Daphnis, um, Eric Thomas, that some of you may know another guy, Hayden, David Troford. Um, and so I've known these people for a minute. So while I'm going through what I'm going through in the hospital, I'm grabbing, you know, old videos that I find, you know, so I had dad and I had people like Commission, Fred Hammond, yeah. Marvin Staff, and, and, and I was keeping inspiration around me, not strictly religion around me, but sure, sure. around me to, get me through what I was going through. Because once again, I, I was in the hospital for three months, <laughs> newly married, I'm in the hospital. Like, yeah. so everything I'm going through, yeah, my roommate and every, man, music was a, a, a biggest, one of the biggest for me because I come from music. Um, so yeah. Even now, I have a nonprofit organization that is all about using music as therapy um, to help not only with the mind, body, and soul, because I've been able to help other MS patients, cancer patients, fibromyalgia patients, lupus patients, um, those going through sickle cell, dementia. All else? kinds of stuff. T tell all me the name of your organization. Uh, Stress 411, Stress 411 Inc. Okay, we'll put it in the description so people can go there and maybe support your effort as well. Listen, I support my effort. You you wouldn't even be able to find my my, my site because I'm I'm still the same way. I, I we do what I do, um, and I don't even promote it. Like I, I was in an argument with someone today. I'm like, yeah, how many people are you feeding? Like, yeah, we feed about 400 people a week. And listen. Food. Yeah, Get out of town. I, we're gonna. We are going to promote it on this show. Okay. <laughs> I'm. I'm getting better at it, you know, because I feel wholeheartedly that I've been given a blessing, like 
unless you really understand where I was 10 years ago, five years ago, if you go to Facebook, you can see where I was five years ago. Five years ago, I just got out of the hospital yesterday, five years okay. ago. Wow. Barely talking. Wow. Couldn't walk. Like, so when, when someone tells me, oh man, it's, 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 it's just so bad and I can't get through it. And, 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 and I just sit there now and I do what Eric Thomas did to me like in 2009, when I saw him in Antoine, I was going through what I was going through. He's like, woo you better run up there and, 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 and run after her, boy. And then I told him why I couldn't. I said, because of cold weather. He said, well, you better figure out why she went up to cold weather where she knew you couldn't go. And, you know, all things click, click, you know? And, yeah. and then I, I come to understand and see things differently that um, all these things were to happen so that I can be right now speaking to you. Sure. Oh, of one course. Thing right here. Exactly. One thing happened different. Um, I'm not doing this right now. I'm not hearing the birds that you hear. Right. Like, you hear birds chirping? Yeah, I do. It means more to me than, than people understand. Being able to extend whatever I'm doing to help people's brands that I actually care and love, like, great. I'll wear this shirt all day. What are, what are you going to talk about? By the way, he's plugging Be Great Every Day, the retail line, because he's got on Greatness as a Habit, which is available at BeGreatEveryDay.com backslash shop. Get you one. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, you know, I've already declared you an honorary ambassador of the program, of the line, of the brand, and all of its totality. But I want to get to something that you just said. Because yeah. it speaks to, as I'm going through my short list of things that are healthy ways to cultivate a positive mindset, we talked about, um, uh, what did we talk about? I mentioned reading, if you can or able to. I'll add writing to that as well, if you can or able to. Writing, journaling, putting, you guys will hear this in every damn episode because it is the most intimate way to talk to yourself. It's, it's the most direct way to get to you is by journaling, self-reflecting, right? So if you're not trying typing, to cultivate- Not typing, not typing. Not, not typing, writing. writing, handwriting, that whole transmission of, the kinesthetic transmission of thought, yeah. So reading, writing, we talked about listening to music as another way to cultivate a positive mindset and you mentioned something that I have as a bonus, but I'm going to come back to it. I want to throw in talking, right? So I don't know if you were talking. I know you kept it pretty quiet and pretty private. You didn't tell too many people what you were experiencing, but it might have been helpful for you to be talking to more people. It sounds like you're doing that now through your service, right? But talking yeah. to friends, to family members, to a professional, getting some professional help. You didn't feel like you needed it at the time, but you also did acknowledge that it was just nice just to have somebody just to talk to. Like, it doesn't have to be that clinical in nature. So, all, all my friends, especially industry friends, think that I am bugging because I never took pictures. I was in no videos. I was like, I was the play the back person. My, my mentor, uh, his name is Chris Lighty um uh, uh very successful uh 
started a company named Violator Records and Violator Management from Missy Elliott to 50 Cent uh, mm -hmm. to like everyone. So uh, I was fortunate enough to have been able to sit around him and learn from 1995 um, to the time that he passed away. Um, but one thing you said about writing, I just started writing August the, or July the 19th for the first time in 10 years. Because um, wow. I was unable to um, get the, the, what was going on in my brain to actually match what was going on with my hand. Right. Um, which, that was another thing that they told me that I wouldn't be able to do. But right. funny that you're talking about, um, one of the biggest things that I did, I had to divorce myself from negative people, places, and things. Oh, big time. And once I did that. Say that again. Say that again. Because as we're talking about just being positive, in an effort to be positive, what must one do sometimes? Tell them, Art. <laughs> um, I'll say it just like this, um, which hopefully you'll be hearing about it or seeing it soon. But I call it divorce PPT. Divorce negative PPT. Uh, divorce yourself from negative people, places, and things that don't help you grow. And yeah. if they're not helping you grow, they got to go. Like, there's really, especially during this time, there's really no time to sit and and coddle any craziness like no you really don't have time now a few weeks ago i couldn't see i was actually going blind 20 percent right mm -hmm. they gave me steroids double dose for 10 days and said i had to come back in a couple of months to see what would be done because my eyesight should hopefully do a little bit better mm -hmm. okay i walked in without glasses, read some stuff. Blah, blah, blah. I start hearing them speak in Spanish, which I understand, which they still don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. I know what unicorn means in Spanish. So I, I said, oh, I'm a unicorn? Yeah. Really? And they said, oh, really? It is not just a saying to me about being great every day. Um, it's not a saying about finding greatness or never giving up. Like if I have it on my body, if I talk about it, I'm doing it. Yeah. Or I will be doing it or I'm striving to be that. For it. Sure. I, I every day to be great. So of course I'm going to do something that's great. Like, great. Well, you didn't expect me to come in this ophthalmologist office here without glasses on being able to read all the signs. Right. And then they show there's the, 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 my ophthalmologist, Dr. Wong, she's the number three ophthalmologist in the world. And she's telling me, what did you do? Oh, I think that the, the, the drugs that we gave you are, uh, come to find out, they sent the drug that I was supposed to get to the wrong pharmacy. Uh. Yeah, the wrong pharmacy. So as I'm sitting there talking to her, She's like, so you oh, actually but had not taken the drugs that they, that they thought I you. I didn't take the drugs. Okay. <laughs> I said, oh, it's, uh, it's the efficacy of the drugs are helping the situation. And I said, Dr. Wong, um, I didn't take any drugs. I hate to I, tell you this. My natural regimen, and I tell them what my natural regimen is. And of course, they're like, no way possible. I'm like, yeah, all the way possible. If you don't mind, go ahead, take my blood. 
do what you got to do, take the test, because they did it over there at the neurology place and they wasted their time because I'm good. I'm supposed to be on 27 meds right now. Yeah. 27. 27. I take one infusion every six months. I'm walking. I can see without glasses. I use these only for um, reading so I could actually see what I'm looking at like and, and read it. But I'm driving. Started a couple of businesses. Like, so limit, yeah. we were talking about limits. It, the whole thing about limits is limits are set on what people believe. So that doctor that sees me and says, oh, from the people I've studied that have MS, none of them have been able to pass this bar if they have primary progressive MS. I have the worst form of MS, my dear, the mm -hmm. worst form. Yeah. Me, I fall in 1.3 something percentile in the world. Wow. It's not going to get me. I, wow. I, like it, It's in my mind now. I'm out of the set of, oh, man, it's getting me. It's getting me. No, 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 yeah. no. Like, like I say to the people when they ask me, oh, describe MS. Okay. Well, you've got the bloods and you got the crips. Okay. <laughs> got some 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 authority in the middle so the bloods wake up every day in my body because this is my strongest side of my body this is the weakest side right they yeah. try to kill off this side every day every day that's what that's that's what they're set to do but what happened to me the other day is this is crazy while i'm sitting here talking to you about it and it's just coming out of my mouth you see these glasses these were my previous glasses right yeah. i had them on this couch so when I came to sit down, boom, I sat on. As you can see, one of the lenses can't go back in because I broke the frame. So yeah. I was wearing the glasses like this, right, for a minute. <laughs> this is my weak eye, all right? This is my yeah. weak eye, this is my strong yeah. eye. So my strong eye has the lens and everything working, but this is my weak eye. Yeah. Would you believe that because of me wearing the glasses like this for a couple of weeks, strengthened this eye with no lens? Like, listen, I'll practice yeah. on myself. Right, I back to that. On myself. Like, come on, a little mistaken practice helped me go to them to let them see my eyes work. Like, come on, man. I'm sorry, I know I went a totally different place, but no, I think, I, I think that's major. pretty important for you to share. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that's important for you to share how you're beating the odds and how I know, I know you don't, you were getting all weird at the beginning of this because I had such an intro for you, but I have to go back there. We only have probably a couple more minutes here and I have to wrap it up, but I think that you've shared some really important points and I want to just kind of extract them out of the show. Um, as I just mentioned a minute ago, just having a positive mindset. And you've declared that you're not going to quit and not going to succumb. So it's not just being positive, but it's being definitive in what you want, declaring what you want. You said something earlier about your thoughts. And we were talking about how your thoughts can manifest into your reality. So you don't even entertain certain thoughts anymore. Right? 
Like these are the things that you are intentionally and maybe even subconsciously doing that support yourself. Um, I was talking about some other kind of casual strategies that one can use outside of oneself, like, you know, again, the writing, the journal and talking to people and that kind of thing. But you also mentioned something else that I think is important for us to mention more boldly here is that you decided to be of service to other folks who are struggling with their illness. And there's a lot to be said for that, for someone like yourself who has your own shit to deal with to then take time out of your day, out of your schedule and give attention to somebody else's struggle and be really intentional about helping to support them. I think there's this reinforcing mechanism that happens in that. You know, but, when you're of service to somebody else, it actually is feeding you. I, I, got, I, got, I got to interrupt you though. It's all because of someone named Jeff Siegel helped me learn how to walk again, which was, he just told me I need to get back on the floor and crawl. He had primary progressive MS just like me. This man now is a world renowned um, health expert. Yeah. So if you see it in front of you, just like our black and brown boys and girls, if they see it, they can understand it's real. And if we foster that in them and let them know that, okay, you think it, foster that and help them cultivate it, you get through anything. I don't care who you are, what you're going through. Ah. And if you die from it, guess what? You're not gonna have to be thinking about it anyway. So <laughs> um, what are you worried about? Like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm good at interrupting sometimes. No, it's good. No, I, I know. I think you, you just, you put it to bed for us right there that you can do anything that you set your mind to. And if you can't do it, it's not meant for it to be done. <laughs> no, the not. end. <laughs> All right. I thank you so much for coming on the show today. I thank you again. I'm, I'm, I'm always gracious. To, to speak to you. Um, I, I love seeing you and, and your, your kids and, and how much <laughs> present mother you are and Thank how you. much of a real mother you are. Um, whereas your kids will be able to grow up and know that, hey, my mom did not give me that fluff, fluff. No, yeah. she gave me real and they're able to adapt and grow more um, yeah. without that, that, that other thing, you know? so. I'm I'm thankful for for meeting and, and 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 knowing you because you are a queen for sure, um, and Aww. you know it's it, it's it's your platform is is very powerful. I'm gonna get all your contact, whatever contact you want me to add to this show. I'm gonna put it on the, in the show notes, and um, I'm sure I'll have you back again just because I love the sound of your voice, and I feel like there's so many more layers to your story and experience that are gonna be so what? valuable. What? To, yes. Yeah. Yes. There's so it's, much more been, to offer. So. We've been on the show more than four times. What? You never said. We still okay. got more stuff to talk about, see? All right, we gotta go. Say bye, Art. <laughs> um, you guys remember, divorce yourself from negative PPT to have That's a great right. life. Have a great day. No <laughs> matter what. Peace. I love it. <laughs>